Last week, we began our conversation with Dr. Sam Searcy, a, an experienced principal moving into a new school building, and she shared with us last week three of the things that she thought she had done very well, and it was a rich, rich episode. I hope you got a chance to listen to it. Today, we carry on with our conversation with Dr. Searcy and look at some of the other things that surprised her and maybe something that she should have done differently. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Frederick Buskey. I've been growing leaders and future leaders for over 30 years. And through my own experiences and through working with hundreds of other leaders, I've learned that school leadership is a journey that occurs in three phases. Urgent leaders spend their time completing tasks, but intentional leaders invest their time building systems. However, strategic leaders create time by growing people. In 2018, I founded Strategic Leadership Consulting to help make this journey more enjoyable for leaders like you. Through my daily email, monthly microjournal, online community, my upcoming book, and of course, this podcast, I keep you company on this journey and provide you with actionable ideas and tools to live and lead better today and tomorrow. Okay, I actually want to go back and... Can you tell me a story of maybe one of your earlier transitions where you went in and you did see, oh, we're going to change this and it didn't work. Can you just give us a, a real example of what that looks like? Um, I would say the my transition from a middle school to a high school, um, I had been an assistant curriculum assistant principal at the high school previously two years at the middle school as principal, came back thinking, oh, here I am. I know what to do. I've sat in the big chair, um, followed who a person who had been my mentor, who had really helped me grow as an administrator and pushed me to, to want to become a principal. Um, so these were in that two years, there was very little turnover. Lots of folks were, it was just all the same. The first year was wonderful. The um, the feedback, the teacher working condition survey, all of that was phenomenal. I think year two, I, I, I would almost say maybe I got a little too big for my britches. I mean, I don't know what went, I, I don't think I can pinpoint a situation that went wrong, but that next year was set. We had some trauma at our school. There was just so much happening that I lost focus on the people and focus very much on the task. And not that it, I mean, things didn't go so badly that, you know, the school was burning down or anything, but it, by the end, it was definitely, I was worn out. I, I felt worn out. And I think my faculty was feeling that way too. And it wasn't that we were trying to change, 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 change. I think I was trying to listen to everyone and implement too much. Um, I, I had a relationship with with all of the teachers just as their curriculum AP for so long. And um, it you you just, it was overwhelming. And, and then you add outside trauma, things that you can't control on top of that. 
and and then COVID, <laughs> which I think any administrator would tell you just changed everything about what we believe and how we do it. Um, there was just a lot of vulnerability on my part. And um, I, I think I, I tried too hard to, to own too much of it. That sounds like, to a certain extent, every leader's journey. Yes. I think there's, there always comes a time. Um, and some people, I think it's, it's, I'm trying to prove myself. So I'm going to own everything. And then I think there's also that point where, oh, I've got it now. I know all this stuff. Now I can own everything and take care of everybody. So it, it comes at both phases. So I guess the, we're going to play with this idea too, because you said, you said you were putting tasks before people mm-hmm. just so, so common. Um, one of the things that probably I will have put out there a lot by the time people listen to this. I mean, we're recording this podcast in on December 8th, and it's probably not going to air until January sometime. And I'm going to write my book next week. I've got a cabin in the woods. I'm going out. I'm going to finish the book. And in preparation for that, you know, one of the, there's been a big switch that's happened for me, which is strategic leadership. And I've always said, purpose, problems, progress, and people, but it really, it needs to start with the people. I can mm-hmm. people even before purpose. And, and I think wait, that can sound a little bit counterintuitive, but when you look at everything you've just talked about, you're putting people first and listening to people. And, and when you take care of people and I mean, they're going to tell you what the purpose is. We're teachers. <laughs> You don't need, we don't need to hammer people with purpose. The people have their own purpose, which is generally going to be teacher centered. And if it's not teacher centered, there's a reason for that. And you better help them with that other purpose. Maybe they're just hanging on because, you know, mom's in the hospital and all this stuff's happening. You still can't lead with purpose. You have to lead with the people. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. So. The next question is supposed to be, what have been the two biggest surprises since coming to Owen? So the biggest surprise was that I thought, again, that I knew this place. Um, being a within the same county and working alongside the previous administration for all these years and hearing the good things come in, you know, when we were at meetings and we're sharing what we're doing and, and this thought that, wow, Owen High has got it going on. They've got, they're doing great with MTSS. They're using restorative practices, all the, the really catchphrases, buzzwords, all those things that, that we struggle with to implement as these directives come down and these new initiatives come down. I I really was expecting, and again, the data looked good other than the cohort graduation rate. The effectiveness is great. The test scores are good. Um, When I got here, the biggest surprise was that the people in the building didn't have that strong hold on all of those big initiatives. 
they were using the words. They were um, create. There was a, a a sit team structure in place for MTSS. But when you got down to the day to day, folks are still clamoring and still raising their hand. I don't know how to do this, or what are we supposed to do? And the the second biggest surprise kind of goes along with that is when folks would say to me, all the people who were here that knew how to do that have left. The school is, we're a small high school and the school has, as all public high schools and schools have, have taken a hit since COVID where, you know, our enrollment's going down. So there were losses of, of, of ADM, losses of teacher positions. And being in a school this small, I think folks really, had a bad taste in their mouth because of that. They felt that the state, the district, whomever had taken these positions from them. And instead of having the capacity to just move forward, it was more of a another finger pointing, oh, well, that person doesn't work here anymore. And they were in charge of MTSS or they were in charge of this or that. So in a place where there's been very little turnover, this year, change in administration. The former assistant principal got named as a principal at another school. So admin team was different. The school social worker has taken leave. Counselors, two new counselors came on board. Um, Just lots of that administrative team and support team has changed in addition to changes to classroom teachers. So that was a surprise to me that there wasn't a a, a strong enough structure in place t- to move forward. So some of the things I thought were embedded, cut and dry, tattooed on everybody's arm are are a little less. Yeah. Um, we're still there. We're in a great place. And I, I'm confident and feel really good about where we are. But it, it kind of knocked me in the face for a second. I, I wasn't ready for that. And and I think that's always the one of the challenges when we have people that champion a cause. Mm-hmm. So somebody champions smart lunch if we're not really intentional about bringing people in. It's one of my frustrations with some of the really popular change models that are out there. Um, you know, I think there's Cotter's eight steps to change and the third step is i think is is like selling if you're selling something right if you're asking for buy in then you're selling which means you didn't you didn't have people bring it bring it to you or bring it up right mm-hmm. and and right. i think that's just such if you're trying to sell something to people it's going to be harder than if they come and they ask you for it and then you're giving them what what they want right um so in that situation, it sounds like you run a danger, especially when a school's been, they've been hurt, right? When we take right. away things from schools and that happens all the time and people love their schools and they, you know, they feel that. And so it's really easy to slip into a can't do mentality, that kind of deficit thinking of we can't do this because how, what are some of the things that you've done to, that you think are helping faculty move from can't do to can do? I think a lot of it just comes from positivity. Um, 
making sure that I'm lifting up where they need to be lifted, uh, reminding them of all the good things that are in place and that we do very well, um, stepping back and and being in awe sometimes and, and saying that like, wow, I am so impressed. Um, and I, I know day to day, sometimes, especially as an administrator, you forget that. You're, you're pulled in a million different directions. There's, you know, the text on your phone, the email, the, the angry parent, the the upset child, the the in, in crisis student, you know, all these things. But just being mindful and present and being on the journey with them, um, not in front of them and not behind them. Just, just with them, where you know, um, going to the meetings, hearing the conversations, doing the work, and and not, you know, allowing building capacity, allowing for people to to flourish, to to grow, to blossom, and and having those tasks and ownerships and and, um, I, for example, I have a teacher that created a pep rally schedule this morning. I've never been at a school before where the teacher created the pep rally schedule for the school day. But instead of saying that to her, I'm just standing back like, I am so impressed. Thank you for doing this and taking this on. And I, I think it's just a lot of that, just acknowledging the good work that they are doing and, and being there alongside to, to keep us moving in the same direction. Yeah. And I always think of the principles uh, as a lighthouse. And I've been around you enough to know when you're out in that hall, it, yeah. you know, you're radiating that positivity. At the same time, there's there's substantive improvement work and support going behind that. And I want listeners to really understand that, A, I don't know, I think you have to put that mask on and go out and you have to be the lighthouse. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how that IEP meeting went or what the associate superintendent is telling you. Like That doesn't matter. You have to go out and you have to be that lighthouse but that's not enough either because you also have to be helping people really helping the situation really get better and supporting people. Because if you're just, if you're just a lighthouse, then you're rah-rah. Right. Exactly. We'll know that. Right. Right. But if you're the lighthouse and you're helping make things better, helping people make things better, then you've got it going on. Right. Ah. Is there anything that looking back, you would have done differently? I, you know, coming in, I inherited, for lack of a better term, two assistant principals who, um, one, I had known most of her life. She grew up with my daughter, which sounds crazy. That makes me feel very old. Um <laughs> But I knew her as a child, you know, not as an adult or a professional. And the other, um, I didn't know well at all, but both had only been here for a year and had only been assistant principals for one year. My third assistant principal was someone that I have worked with over the years who had become a principal and over the last three years had made a decision that was not the role she wanted. She wanted to go back to the support roles she that that was a choice she made. 
And because she and I had had kind of come through the trenches together as assistant principals, I had this opportunity for she and I to work together again, which has been wonderful. But we know each other very well. And she knows when I need water and she knows when I need to take a breath and walk outside. So, and I know that about her as well. So I think I came in with assumptions about my team that looking back, I wish I had taken more time to to put us all in the same space together before the school year started. We we had several meetings, times, lunches, things that we did to get together. As soon as I was named um, before the school year was over last year, I came and met with them here in a, a, a secluded place where no one heard what we were talking about and gave them a minute just to vent. Like, what do you need? What do you want? Um, we, at that moment, kind of established that this isn't about the previous administration and your relationship with that administration. This is about building a new relationship. Um, but I also wanted to hear what they were passionate about. I think my assumption that they were further along in their journey than they were was probably a misstep. So now here we are in December and um, we have all acknowledged that there's still some learning to do and they're um, the newer APs are very receptive to me saying, okay, here's a learning moment. This is one of those things for your filing cabinet. I'm bringing you into this situation so you can hear or see experience. So um, they bring they bring their things to me too when it's about you know a legal issue or a discipline issue or um so we 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 have a great relationship and I think it the support is there all the way around um because ultimately out in the hallway out in the classrooms they're my extended arm and um so I, I would say a misstep was I felt like I had enough time to get to know them. And I really didn't. I yeah. needed a little more time. Yeah. Appreciate that. So before we head to the wrap up phase, okay. uh, this is the assistant principal podcast. So what advice can you give to assistant principals who may be in the situation where a new principal is coming in? Sure. I think the best advice is to be very honest with the new administration and if something doesn't feel good, look good, um, feels like you're crossing a line, be professional and um, bring that to the table in a setting and, and establish that relationship. Um, it, it's always everyone wants to have um, people on their side, always. You want to walk, you want to see people in your work day that are the ones that are always, always have your back. But remember that admin team is the one place you have to have each other's backs. You you have to work together. So, so if there are um, any personality issues and, and I'm fortunate enough, I, I am living with a great team and we have established this ourselves, but just make sure you're you're professionally setting those expectations with your new administrator and asking them for help with that. And always ask questions. 
principals are teachers at heart and we love growing other people to take our jobs. And, and that's what I hope I do with my folks. Yeah. And I think sometimes assistant principals struggle with uh, how much initiative to take. Mm-hmm. It's temptation. Okay. Tell me what you want me to do. And how do you, how do you communicate and say, Hey, here are my strengths. Here's what I've been doing. Here's what's working well. Let's talk about now what you want me to do or what role. Um, and also to say, Hey, I've, you know, I've been an assistant principal for five years. I'm really looking at going into the principalship. So I'd really appreciate as much of the instructional stuff as I can get experience with, you know, I would like that. I, th- I think it's fine to ask for those things or talk about how those things might fit into the responsibilities of the team. Oh, I completely agree. Okay. So I just wrapped up uh interview with, with my mentor my of 35 years. We did it yesterday. It was really powerful. But one of the places that I grew the most, I think, was Friday afternoon, you know, mm-hmm. clock ran out every, we were a district office, people leave and I would go down to his office on Friday afternoon. And it was this amazing special time where he would get to unpack his week because principals, he was superintendent and I was director of special ed, but it's the same principals don't have a lot of people they can unpack with. And, and so I'm, I'm, using this as a soapbox, I guess, to assistant principals. Um, If you have a principal that's in there Friday afternoon, if you have that opportunity, that's the time because your principal has not been able to process all of this stuff all week long. And now the quiet comes and now there's that moment. And, and if you can be in there, if you're an assistant principal and you're wanting to grow and you can be in there just to listen a lot of times, you're going to learn so much and the relationship that you can form um, becomes really special. And yeah. So I, I, I don't know if you've had that experience, if you've had either as an AP going in, or if you have an AP that, that does that, can you speak to that at all? Sure. Um, I think we have um, had moments of that moments where we all needed it. Um, I do have, um, I'd say once every week or so, each assistant principal will end up alone in my office wanting to talk through this situation or that situation or, or asking me, how did you know to do this instead of that? Or um, um, how, how do you make these decisions? How so we have that back and forth. We have that conversation with each other. Um, and it's it's a good feeling to know that as a team, you feel in that safe space to just be a person and talk about your work day, mm-hmm. not about, you know, it's not about PR. It's not about the, you know, the teachers aren't around, you know, it's just that in this moment, dang, I messed that up. <laughs> and being able to say that, and that not become, you know, the the scuttle in the workroom the next day. So it it is important. It's very important. And I think you're you're correct in in letting assistant principals know a lot of learning takes place in those conversations after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We have covered 
a lot of ground. Um, so we're going to wrap this up and I have three questions for you. Okay. The first one is what part of your own leadership are you still trying to get better at? Time management. <laughs> Finding a way to fit it all in and not jump to things that are going to take me away from the daily things that I, I feel are important. Getting in classrooms more. <laughs> okay. And and you know me and you know my message. So I'm going to say it's priority management. Yep, it is. Not time management. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you are correct. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. Um, so if listeners could take away just one thing from this incredible episode, what do you want them to take away? Um, don't lose sight of what is, what's your passion and why you do this job every day. It's, it is, um, it's heavy at times, but the outcome is important and you're not alone. Love that. Anything else that you want to share? Um, just that I think the more information folks can get through, whether it's your podcast or other information or just those conversations, seek out those other professionals that have that same passion and um, it'll it'll benefit you. Okay, Sam, this has been wonderful. And uh, I'm going to have you back on again, if you will, if you could honor me with that, (laughs) because there's just been so much, so many concrete examples and of so much wisdom um, being shared here today. So I hope people took away a lot from today's show and we need to have you back on. So thank you so much. And I would love to have you sometime um, meet my assistant principals. I think they could share some insight as well, being one veteran and and two newbies there, they're in a good spot. I would love to do that. So we will, we will schedule that for probably for January then Okay. as soon as we wrap this up. Awesome. All right, dear listener, if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and rate this podcast. We would love for other people to be able to discover it and those ratings and and reviews really help people find it. And if you got as much out of today's episode as I think you should have, please go on and just rate the podcast and help people find it, or maybe even forward links to them yourself. I'm always trying to improve the show. So if you have feedback for me, please email me or reach out at frederick at frederickbuskey.com. And if you'd like more content tailored towards the needs of assistant principals and other school leaders, you can head over to my website at frederickbuskey.com backslash the assistant principal will take you to all those goodies. That wraps up today's show. I'm Frederick Buskey, and I hope you'll join me next time for the assistant principal podcast. Cheers.